Hey, hello again. This is Pastor Jeff, Glenwood Springs, Colorado. And this podcast is for the Bible students that I'm teaching my online university courses. And we're in a series of biblical theology topics. And with this recording, with this episode of the podcast, we're going to begin the study of the Holy Spirit. So let me know your comments in the space provided for the comments. Uh, leave me a comment, any kind of questions, any kind of aha moments, any kind of takeaways, any uh, blessings, any other questions you want me to follow up on. Be glad to do that. So let's jump in. Today we're talking about the Holy Spirit in this study and several studies following this. Much of the Holy Spirit's ministry to us is simply Him giving us life, initiating it, and sustaining it. The spiritual life, giving in the sense of uh, initially or sourcing life in us. Um, And early on, initially, it's the Holy Spirit that draws us to God, leads us to salvation, and then we're born again. And it's the Holy Spirit's the source of us finding salvation and becoming Christians, simply stated. (laughs) But then the Holy Spirit sustains us. Um, Along the way, every day in the Christian life, we need the full work of the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. He, not an it, not a force, but he, uh, from the very time we're born again, through the Christian life, day by day, moment by moment, until the Lord takes us to heaven, really the ministry of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to talk about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We'll take a look at uh, being born again and and growth and fruit and gifts and service. Uh, Lord willing, we'll uh, plow through some verses and see uh, how far we get. And um, again, if uh, you want to take some of these verses and write further and more in depth, you just read through Living Water by... Pastor Chuck Smith, uh, much, much of this is going to be review. But our power and resource uh, that we need to draw upon for living the Christian life, it must, it must come from the Holy Spirit, giving, sustaining spiritual life and ministry. And, you know, there's a lot of ideas about the Holy Spirit in the church world. You know, you, you may, may be familiar with charismania, uh, the crazy things done in the in the body of Christ, really outside of the bounds of scripture and uh, some of the church practice things and, and they say, this is the Holy spirit, but it's really nowhere. It's foreign to the scriptures. But then on the other end of the spectrum, you swing that pendulum all the way over. You have the letter of the law, fundamental, fundamentalistic kind of lifeless, stuffy Pharisee type, uh, situation where the Holy Spirit doesn't even exist, you know. And so we want to talk about this subject, the Holy Spirit. And let's see what the Word of God has to say. Uh, you know, in God, there's life, there's hope, there's peace, these things that it's the Holy Spirit brings them directly to us. Um, um, especially that word transformation. He changes us. He grows us. He matures us. He strengthens us. And that's one of the things, the best thing, the greatest thing God ever did in my own life in ministry. Uh, Just open up 
uh, my heart, my mind to the work of the Holy Spirit. And then on the other hand, you know, he protected me from going off on any kind of crazy fleshly religious, uh, you know, weird or uh, on the other end of the spectrum, um, you know, ignoring the work of the Holy Spirit. And you find that all around. You know, I was really blessed because in the military, uh, when I, you know, when I was there, I, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. I was given the gift of tongues on my army bunk. And it was it was a, a beautiful time. It was a work of the Lord. And boy, did I, my heart yearned to walk in the fullness of the Spirit. But I didn't have a real depth of understanding of what that was. I let the gifts and the work of the Spirit kind of like dormant because I didn't understand it fully. But um, as I begin to um, be introduced to the, the ministry of Pastor Chuck Smith in the Calvary Chapels, uh, I realized that uh, the work of the Holy Spirit was really supernaturally natural. That's one of the ways Pastor Chuck would always uh, uh, describe it. And I think a beautiful, I think it's biblical, supernaturally natural. You know how we say that. Um, and it's a good summary how God likes to work in our lives in a, in a nat- just in the natural everyday life. But it, but isn't it neat how it's really supernatural? We're just, I think we're alert to the, the work of the Holy Spirit. You know, the other day, my friend, I talked to him on the phone, um, pastor friend at Calvary Chapel there over there in, in Maui and, and uh, he shared a word with me, and I really received it as a word of wisdom directly from the Lord, a word of wisdom through my friend into a, spoke into my life about a situation that was just supernatural, but it was natural. It was a natural conversation. It was just two bros, you know, having a talk. And so, you know, when Jesus walked about, we see his life laid out in the scripture. He dealt with people, the things he did, the things he he said, but he was... He was flooded. He was full. He was walking in the spirit and everything he did was supernatural, but it was, it was natural. That was the thing about it. I mean, it's not like, it's not like Jesus had this glowing halo or he had this aura about him. He didn't walk two feet off the ground. People didn't say, Oh, that must be God. I mean, he just looked like a man and he went about doing good and, and really revealing the father in a supernatural way. And I think he probably had the most supernaturally natural life that ever lived um, on our planet was very much the life of the Lord Jesus. And don't you, I know I do, we do, we want to be just like him. And so uh, let's think about those things. Let's jump into the scripture and let's begin with kind of the, the conviction of the Holy Spirit and new birth by the Holy Spirit. Let's begin at the beginning. John 16, verse 8 through 11. You get to turn your Bibles there. John 16, 8 through 11. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more, of judgment 
because the ruler of this world is judged. So the work of the Holy Spirit is an important, um, very critical uh, work in people's lives early on, right? People getting convicted of their need for God and then finding new birth and born into the family of God. And in these verses, the convicting work of the Holy Spirit, important work, the convicting work of the Holy Spirit, all the way back to that early convicting work in our hearts. I remember, I recall, uh, we would not be convinced, I would not be convinced of my need for the Lord Jesus Christ if it were not for this convicting work of the Holy Spirit. He convicts of sin, of righteousness, of judgment. Three important issues. Convicting of sin. The Holy Spirit just opens our eyes. He opened my eyes. He woke me up to my sinful condition. The state I was in, the conviction about the reality of sin. I'm a sinner. And the fact that my problem, that man's problem, the convicting work of the Holy Spirit, man's problem is sin. And it's sin. It's just messing me up. It's messing everybody up. Not just my sin, but the sin of the world, the sin of others. And so the Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin. Why? Because they do not believe in me. This is Jesus speaking. An ultimate sin carried to the very end without Christ. Uh, the conviction that God gives us by the Holy Spirit is that there is no remedy outside of Jesus Christ. And they don't believe in him. And so the world, a conviction that for a whole life lived in sin without Jesus, for forgiveness and salvation, a person will die in their sins. And so I had that uh, that deep realization, that conviction. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. He convicts mankind. You need to go to the forgiver of sin, Jesus, because they do not believe in me. Conviction of sin. Convicting of righteousness. Yeah, sin is our problem, but righteousness is the answer. I mean, and, and there is a way to righteousness. It seems like there's no way. I'm not righteous. I'm not rightness. It's not right with my soul before salvation. But there's a way to stand before a holy God uh, rightly in righteousness, convicting of righteousness Jesus said, because I go to my father and you see me no more. The, that Jesus, he he walked on earth as a man. He went away. We see him no more. He stands before the father. We stand, though, righteous in him. And how can sinful man go before a righteous God? Well, the spirit convicts us. It's Jesus. He's the way to the father. And there's now a man seated at the right hand of the father. Um, and that man, Jesus, who is God, the son through him, we have access to the father. And so just what a beautiful truth, what a beautiful truth that is. And, uh, so, uh, so convicting of sin, convicting of righteousness. Let's look at convicting of judgment. The spirit reveals our guilt Revealed my guilt, convinced me of a coming judgment. I really had a sense that if I did not get right with God, there would be consequences. 
there would be accountability. There would be punishment for sin. And it says here it's judgment because of the ruler of this world is judged. That enemy of our souls is judged. He's judged at the cross of Christ, headed for the lake of fire. And all who follow the God of this world, Satan will be judged with him. And it's the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God that can fix people of reality. These realities stirs them toward the Lord, stirred me toward the Lord. You and I would not be in the family of God if it was not for the convicting work of the Holy Spirit. And so when we share the gospel, uh, we're, you know, I'm counting on the convicting work of the Holy Spirit as I'm proclaiming Christ. Right now I'm uh, in the open air. I do church outside, you know, my micro church, the church at uh, I'm a part of the fellowship. Yeah, I'm a member of the church, even though I'm also a pastor, but I'm also, you know, it's the church I attend, my family attends and so forth. And it's a small uh, fellowship in a small town in a rural Colorado region. I love it. Uh, we have a little baby radio station to go with it and a little mini uh, 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 church camp, youth camp that is part of our ministry. And I think it's fun. I'm enjoying it. And I love the summers. Now, our building that we're leasing does not have air conditioning. And we are in the upper room in the downtown Gunwood Springs location. And because of the no air conditioning, it gets, it gets mighty hot there in the summers. Well, not hot as some of the people uh, listening to this that are in Southern California or Texas or somewhere like that. But, you know, we're in Colorado and we're not used to 90 degree weather in a stuffy up upstairs room. And so we move for two months to the park. It's great. And because of that, we've, um, we've brought the gospel to the community and to a lot of, uh, what I call travelers, guests, uh, really they're tourists, they're passing through, but it's a blessing to share the gospel. And, you know, as we share the gospel, I'm counting on, you're counting on, we're counting on, the convicting work of the Holy Spirit. You know, you you scatter, you broadcast the seed, whether it's on a, a little radio broadcast or it's it's in the open air or it's in the church building in the upper room there or out at the youth camp during one of the chapel services around the campfire. We are broadcasting the gospel and counting on it to land on soil that is ready to receive and that the Holy Spirit goes to work and brings conviction. So the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Now, remember uh, uh, Nicodemus? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open a can of water. I, uh, sorry about that. I drink this um, soda water. You ever? That's called seltzer water, lemon lime, but, you know, no, just plain water. It's kind of a hint of uh, uh, lemon lime in it, and it no sugar, no nothing but water, and this kind of this fake natural lemon flavor. Anyway, um, remember uh, Nicodemus, ruler of the Jews, John three one through seven. Let's take a look at that. Uh, there was a man of the Pharisees. Um, later he's called a teacher in Israel, 
one of the leading teachers among the Pharisees. And, you know, this is interesting that, you know, when we think of Pharisees, we think of the self-righteous, uh, you know, kind of got it made with God because of wisdom and behavior. And I know the word. Well, check out this Pharisee. He was a seeker of truth. And so not, you know, praise God, not all Pharisees were, you know, uh, super self-righteous. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. No one could do these things that you do unless God is with them. Jesus answered, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. I mean, Jesus, he just cuts right to the chase. He doesn't mess around. He doesn't beat around the bush. He cuts to the heart of the matter. Nicodemus lets Jesus know, I, I know you, you're a teacher from God. And Jesus says, well, I'll give you God's message then. Uh, let me tell you how to be born again. Unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. And uh, yeah, you saw me. You think I'm doing great things. Uh, you can't even get in unless you're born again. In verse 9, Nicodemus said to him, well, how can a man be born again when he's old? Uh, can he enter a second time in his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water, and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That's what's born of flesh. This is important. What's born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit, speaking of the Holy Spirit, is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you must be born again. So we're born again by the spirit of God. So we moved from the convicting work to the new birth. And why do we need new birth? Because that's what, because what is born of flesh is flesh. I mean, we're born, um, you know, naturally. And flesh can't change itself, uh, not in a way that honors God or is supernatural or is eternal. Yeah, coping mechanisms. You know, there's all kinds of behavior modification. There's all the there's all the the Freudian, Rogerian models of behavior uh, change. There's coping. Uh, you know, B.F. Skinner. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Jung. Um, all of these uh, humanism psychological theories on how to reform and reshape the flesh of man. But the reality, flesh is flesh. That's what's born is flesh is flesh. We cannot make ourselves alive, quickened in the spirit. And we can't really learn of any amount of knowledge from the gurus or do anything or save ourselves. The life we inherited from our parents, the very flesh life, the natural life, the edemic nature, the human life, it'll always just be flesh and never be enough, never sufficient. And flesh and blood does not inherit the kingdom of heaven. And so if we're going to get into the family of God to be his children, we must be born into the family. We must be born again. And, you know, I was born into my family by birth, physical birth, fleshly birth. And the only way to enter the kingdom of heaven is by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit, again, born of the Spirit, being born again through faith in Jesus Christ. And if we're born of the Spirit, then we're changed because that what is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Convicted by the Spirit to put our faith in Jesus because of our need and because he has the remedy, we're born again. We call on the name of the Lord Jesus. We're born again through faith in Jesus by the spirit. And then we are in the category of those in the spirit.